This is Orange Nation, brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fontes. We welcome you into a Friday edition of Orange Nation. we got a couple of guests lined up for you. Uh, we're going to talk mainly SU football here in hour number one, and then we'll switch gears. We'll talk some SU basketball in hour number two with the first exhibition game on tap tomorrow night inside the Dome against Damon College. Adrian Autry will join us at the top of hour number two. And again, we'll talk SU football throughout the first hour. Allison Posey, sports director at WTXL, that's the ABC affiliate in Tallahassee. She'll join us here in about 20 minutes from now as we preview Syracuse, Florida State. And that's where we start today, uh, Seth. You know, I I brought up this question uh, yesterday on the show. I said, you know, which team is this game tomorrow more important to? Is it Syracuse is at Florida State. Who has more to lose, I guess, tomorrow? Um, And the more I think about it, I I think the answer is definitely Florida State, given that Willie Taggart's job is on the line. He's 8-11 in his year and a half uh, with the Seminoles. Um, And and I think it's Florida State because, frankly, Seth, I I don't have high expectations for the Orange tomorrow. I think this is a really bad matchup for them in a lot of ways. I heard Adam Terry on... uh, uh, in the booth yesterday with with Matt Park and Brian Higgins uh, talk about how you know your weaknesses are exposed on the road they're they're magnified on the road I think that's absolutely the case and especially with this ailing offensive line and an offensive line by the way that that may have some new players uh, you know get some time tomorrow I mean Dino Babers alluded to that earlier in the week that. He's going to mix and match, and and he's going to give some of the backups extra reps this week at practice and see what happens. We may see personnel changes, and this is an awfully tough spot to throw, uh, you know, different players onto that offensive line in front of you know sixty, seventy thousand fans, whatever it ends up being tomorrow in Tallahassee. Yeah, it's a tough spot to break new guys in, and and Steve, going back to your first point, I could not agree more. Uh, I think that you're looking at this as a a bigger potential loss for Florida State than it is for Syracuse because we know Dino Babers is safe. Right? We, we know that Dino Babers is not going anywhere. We know that he is safe. Uh, the thing that we don't know about these two teams is what are you doing with uh, what, what are you doing with Willie Taggart if and when this team really goes to crap and and you know when when things really go bad and things have been bad for the last year and a half but what are you willing to do with Willie Taggart are you willing to get rid of him are you willing to pay him seventeen million dollars to go away uh, that's a lot of money to pay a guy just to go away just to say hey please don't coach us anymore. I don't know that you're willing to do that. I don't know that most schools are willing to do that. So that's asking a lot. And if Syracuse goes and beats them on on uh, on in tomorrow's game, there are going to be a lot of people who want who want Florida State to do just that. There are going to be a lot of people who want Florida State to move on from Willie Taggart and and just cut ties. Um, it's hard to say that 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 doesn't make this a bigger game for them. A loss tomorrow for Florida State. Well, a loss for either team, and they're they're three and five. But for Florida State, you're you're talking about staring at a second straight season of not going to a bowl game under Willie Taggart. Now, mathematically, they could still turn it around, as we've been talking about with Syracuse. Again, mathematically, there are enough games and enough winnable games for them to to get to bowl eligibility. But realistically, if you're three and five 
you know, eight games in, and you just lost to Syracuse at home. You know, Syracuse, the the only winless team in the conference right now. It's not looking good for you to to pick up three more wins and to get to a bowl game. And, and so while you said, you know, do, do they really want to pay this guy $17 million to make him go away? Some down there might say, we have no choice, right? If, if right. they go no, back-to-back years with no bowl game, yeah. and let's say they go 5-7 and seven this year, um, they may look at it and say, we have no choice. We're Florida State. We, we can't allow this to continue. You know, we got to do whatever it takes to, to bring in a new guy and to, and to turn this thing around. I think that's exactly what you would be thinking at that point. And, you know, you would be thinking, hey, this team is now uh, three and five. They didn't go to a bowl game last year for the first time in, what, 40 years or or close to it. Um, And it doesn't look like they are ready to go to a bowl game again this year. And and at Florida State, um, that is just not acceptable. Right, I think that that's not a stretch to say that at at Florida State, it's not acceptable to miss a bowl game two years in a row, and and you're going to have a lot of pressure to dump, uh, to dump Willie Taggart. And uh, you know, it's it's funny, it's not the first time that Willie Taggart's in that position against a Syracuse team, but uh, man, that's a that's a weird place to be in year two. I mean, you've really messed up if year two you're in that spot. Well, last time it couldn't have gone any better, right? When he was with South Florida, they won that game, and then they they got red hot uh, after uh, beating Syracuse down there in Tampa, and uh, and he parlayed that into uh, you know a nice move, nice career move to to Oregon, and and now he's at Florida State, and things have not gone well uh, for a variety of reasons. But he is is very much uh, on the hot seat, and, and we could talk to Allison Posey coming up in a few minutes and, and ask her just how hot that seat is getting for Willie Taggart. From a Syracuse perspective, again, I, I don't have high expectations for this game tomorrow. I think of the five remaining games, I, I truly think this is the most difficult one remaining and I know Wake Forest is ranked right now uh, and I know Louisville is a road game and Louisville just beat Wake Forest. Um, I, I think this is the, the most difficult game remaining for a variety of reasons. Um, near the top of the list, I don't know if it's at the top of the list, but near the top of the list is you don't even know who your starting quarterback is. We don't know if Tommy DeVito is healthy enough to play in this game. Um, my guess is that we're going to see you know both guys tomorrow, Tommy DeVito and Clayton Welch, and my guess is we're going to see both of Florida State's quarterbacks as well. You know Willie Taggart has kept that under wraps. He he indicated he's made a decision who's going to start the game, um, but he's got James Blackman, he's got Alex Hornibrook, and uh, he has not indicated publicly who is who is starting. My guess is we're going to see all four guys tomorrow, um, but we don't know for sure that Tommy DeVito is able to play. I mean the the last we saw him uh, was against Pittsburgh a, a week ago last Friday. He left early in the third quarter after taking a big shot on his right shoulder, didn't come back. Baber said he could have come back, but it was one of those things that he felt like it was you know enough is enough. Um, to go on the road with this banged up offensive line and again, you, you may have you know different pieces on that offensive line tomorrow and to do it with a quarterback that I, I think it's fair to say even if he does play Tommy DeVito's not 100%, uh, this is not a recipe for success. Uh, going down all. there to Tallahassee and then you're looking at 3-5 and five, and you're looking at needing to win three of your last four uh, to get to a bowl game, and two of those games are on the road, and one of them is at home against a, a nationally ranked opponent. Yeah, you're in a really tough spot, and and that's not to say you know when when we said when I said before that I think it's a a bigger game for Florida State. That's not to say it's a it's not a big game for Syracuse. Um, you know, if you're Syracuse. 
you've got to win this to feel like you can still go to a bowl game because you laid it out there. You lost last week to Pittsburgh in your home building. The 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 quote unquote easiest path was to beat Pittsburgh at home, beat Boston College at home, and beat Wake Forest at home. That was the easiest path to a bowl game to six wins. Uh, you lost. You've now got to win one of these games on the road, and whether that is Florida State or Duke, you know, in in three weeks. You've got to find a way to win a game like that. I think that this week is going to be particularly hard for a couple of the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, The quarterback situation, if Tommy DeVito is still hurt, you have no idea what you're doing there. You really don't. And you have no idea what you're going to get out of Clayton Welch if Clayton is is the guy that you go with. Um, You know, I... It, it, it's a, it may sound like a weird comparison to make, Steve, and I don't, I don't know that I brought this up earlier in the week, but uh, Clayton Welch on Friday night felt very Zach Mahoney to me. Yeah, you did bring that uh, up. You know, I think it's an apt I, analogy. I can't remember yeah. if I brought it up on air or yeah. off air or both, but it, it felt very Zach Mahoney to me, where he came in and there was a little bit of energy, uh, there was something different, uh, but at the end of the day, there were throws that he should have made that he just could not make. And you could tell why he wasn't the guy who was starting. So you really don't know what you're going to get out of Clayton Welch if he is the starting quarterback. Um, presumably, there are changes coming on the offensive line. And I, I think that that much has been hinted at throughout the week, whether it was after the game on Friday or Monday morning at the press conference. And you said it earlier. 60-something thousand, 70,000 people, and you know that crowd is loud. You know that they are rowdy. You know that they've gotten some uh, some, uh, some help, and they've been, uh, they've been oiled up, so to speak, uh, early in the day with, with all the, the festivities down there. Uh, you know they're going to be loud and into the game. No matter how bad Florida State is, they always fill the place. So it's not exactly a good, uh, a good recipe for plugging in new offensive linemen down there as well. There's so many questions about this team that this game is so difficult to go win, but it feels vitally important to the rest of the season. Uh, I'll tell you something about Tallahassee. You said that they're going to be ready to go. Uh, even though they're 3-4, and four, I guarantee you that that fan base is going to be ready to go. Um, I had the, the pleasure of, uh, of going down there a few years back, uh, back in 2015, um, and I remember leaving early for the stadium thinking, well, I'm probably going to run into a lot of traffic. <laughs> and I, I leave for the stadium. I had no problem getting, getting to where I was parking. And because everybody was there. Already? It only occurred to me when I arrived and they make the media park really far away at Florida State. They make you park really far away at Clemson as well. Um, and so you, you know, you're walking up, you're walking several blocks from, from where I had to park. And that's when it dawned on me. Everyone was in place. Everyone was tailgating. Like every, it was a, it's a full day. You know, they talk about football being a religion down there. It's absolutely a, a religion. So it dawned on me. Oh, okay, that's why I didn't have any traffic because everybody's already here. Right. And, and that was several hours before the game. So even though they're three and four, uh, th- those fans are going to be ready to go. Um, another stat that I that I came across, which which I did find interesting, and this speaks to one of SU's weaknesses. And it happens to be one of Florida State's strengths, and that's red zone defense. Florida State has allowed just 19 touchdowns to opponents on 39 trips inside the red zone. So uh, not even 50% of the time uh, opponents are, well, yeah, roughly it's roughly 50% of the time, uh, but not quite, that opponents are scoring touchdowns inside the red zone. And that has been an issue for Syracuse. We saw last week they had four trips inside the red zone against uh, Pittsburgh, came away with one touchdown. They did not score a red zone touchdown against NC State. Uh, It's been an issue for this team, capping off drives with touchdowns, and that happens to be one of Florida State's strengths. Yeah, uh, Syracuse has to get better in that regard. And if you get into the red zone against Florida State, you've got to take advantage. I I think one of the really interesting things has been watching this offense in the red zone. Um, 
so much of this offense this year, last year, the previous year, you know, it, it's it's predicated on space, right? Get, getting people out in space, even in the struggles that we've seen of this team this year, you still want to get your team out in space. You still want to get it to playmakers on the outside. Um, obviously, that gets a little bit more difficult when you are closer to the goal line. The closer you get, the less field you have, the less opportunity there is to go make plays like that. And we've seen Syracuse, it, and it happened last year too, they weren't very good in the red zone last year. They they did not score touchdowns you know, at, at the rate that you would imagine that they would in last year on last year's team either. Um, it's one of those things about this offense that's kind of confusing. And, and part of it too, Seth, is that they can't run the ball. And and so when everybody's closer together, it cuts down on, on what you can do in the passing game. Ideally, you would love to be able to hand the, you know, first and goal from the four, you would you would love to be able to run it twice and get in the end zone. And this team right now just is not cap- capable of doing that. And so if you're forced to pass, as you said, the the tighter you get, you know, the closer you get to the goal line, the less room there is to operate. And there's only so much you can do in the passing game. And so if you can't run the ball and it makes you one dimensional and this team right now is very much one dimensional uh, well, and, and that, what, that creates problems. And if they're one dimensional right now what are they when Tommy DeVito's not playing and it's Clayton Welch instead for a full game? Point five dimensional. I don't right, know. Like, that, like the passing game takes a hit and you can, you can argue the uh, you can argue the effectiveness of Tommy DeVito right now and, and I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong if you say he's not being totally effective you're right he's not he's not he's not as good as he's got to be uh but did you see some of the throws that Clayton Welch made on 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 Friday night like it's there there is a step down from one quarterback to the other so it's it'll be interesting to watch if you're already one-dimensional and you already can't run the ball and you've got to throw the ball every single time and now your best pass thrower is not playing in the game it could lead to some things that are questionable Again, we think maybe Tommy plays tomorrow. Like we, we don't. That situation is so up in the air. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, Dino Babers didn't rule him out, but again, the the quarterbacks were not made available to the media, which is a sign that there's some some mystery there and that they're banged up. And we saw. I mean, we saw Tommy DeVito was banged up. He took a shot on the right shoulder last Friday and did not come back. So we know that he's dealing with that, and we know he's dealing with you know whatever's going on with his you know his rib cage or sternum or what you know whatever that upper body injury. Is. He was dealing with coming out of the Holy Cross game. Um, he's banged up right now, and Clayton Welch uh, clearly is banged up as well. So there is some mystery going into this game at the quarterback position. 315-437-7644. Uh, to the phone lines we go. Wayne in the truck kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Wayne. Hey, guys. Hey, I was just listening to you talk about who was uh, who this game was more important to, and you almost had me sold on Florida State, and then you, then you screwed up your argument when you said that it doesn't matter what happens down there, their fans are always there. For that matter alone, this game is far more important to Syracuse. Florida State can lose out, and their their fans are still going to show up. That place is still going to be packed. Football is still going to be king down there. We're trying to make football king up here alongside basketball, and that, that's what makes this game so important. Is we're, we're headed in the wrong direction, and it's far, the bottom is far lower for us than it is for Florida State. Yeah, that's fair, and I and I, I think Wayne that the standard is higher for Florida State as well. So even though the fans are going to show up, this feels like a must win for Willie Tackard. If they don't get to a bowl game, he's probably not around next year, and, and that's certainly not the case with Dino. Um, so I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But I, I think Florida State's got some intangibles going into this game. There's the revenge factor from last year. I mean, they were embarrassed inside the dome a year ago, and they're playing for their coach to some degree. I mean, if those players want Willie Tackard 
around. This is a game that they need to win. They they need to get the six wins in a bowl game at the very least, I think, for him to keep his job. Yeah, maybe they don't want him to keep his job. That's that's maybe. possible as well. That, <laughs> that is, is possible true. as well. No, it's yeah, uh, Wayne, I, I think, and, and I understand where you're coming from. I mean, if Syracuse is going to keep momentum and, and build this program, they've got to win some games. They've got to get to a bowl game, I think, uh, at the very least. That being said, you know, if you're Florida State and you have to fire your coach after two years, um, you know, I, I feel like that, you know, I feel like that's a pretty low low don't you i mean i feel like that's a i feel like that's a bigger thing to come out of this game than syracuse is is set back a year i mean you're setting your program back far more by firing your coach than not keeping momentum going for syracuse right? and again you can't get the next hire wrong right if after a disaster like this that was what was said you know after greg robinson was here you can't get the next one wrong and they brought in doug marone and, and doug marone started to turn the program around left a little bit earlier than anybody expected but that hire was so important the next one will be so important uh, for Florida State. It, it, listen, there's no doubt this game is important for both teams. I do think it's it's more important for Florida State because it is a home game and the expectations are higher down there. But from a Syracuse perspective, um, how about the fact they haven't beaten a Power Five opponent yet? Yeah. Um, I, they've I mean, got that, look. They've got to win games. Like that much is obvious. They've got to go ahead so and win some games. My, my point is, we keep saying they they need three more wins. We haven't seen them beat a Power 5 opponent, and it's week 8 of the of the season for Syracuse. So what makes us believe that, that this team can can come through with three more wins? Again, it, part of that speaks to the ACC and how much parity there is. Um, but it, it, they got to show, so, show some signs of life, at the very least, uh, down in Tallahassee. I don't think they necessarily need to win this game, because I think that's a lot to ask in this particular spot. Uh, they at least need to show some signs of life, though, uh, to give everybody hope that they can win three of their next four to close out the year. We do need to take a timeout. We've got Allison Posey from WTXL, the ABC affiliate in Tallahassee. She'll join us next. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. This is Next Question on Orange Nation. All right, we've got our producer Tommy Hogan in here to do some over-unders leading into the Syracuse-Florida State game. But first to the phone lines we go. Scooter in Jamesville wants to chime in on this matchup. Hey, Scooter. Yeah, first of all, I didn't realize how these people work for Walgreens. I'm seeing all these red, red hats with a W walk around. Uh, I didn't realize these guys work for Walgreens or Wegmans. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe they're all national fans, but I guess, I guess they're coming out of the woodwork. As far as the game goes itself, it's going to be the battle of two bad offensive lines. Like I said, Syracuse, if you're watching the watching Syracuse football or watching the uh, college football, there's a lot of teams with bad offensive lines. The problem I got, guys, is that we're supposed to be a, a pass-first run uh, uh, team, and yet, yet, yet our backup quarterback's more, more known for his running ability than passing ability. And I can't believe they had to go all the way out for California to a Juco to actually bring somebody in that probably doesn't have the arm strength to actually run the whole offense, especially, you know, especially throwing those bubble screens where you have to basically throw it almost 40 yards to the sidelines. And he almost got that, uh, one, one of the running backs killed. He tried that, uh, uh, screen pass. He threw a pop up. And I go, oh my God, the guy's looking up. This guy's going to get tattooed. And and he was. I mean, I, I just can't believe our backup. It really isn't, you know, even even close to running our offense, and that's kind of disturbing. When I keep hearing how we got depth and depth, and I'm watching other teams. I can list seven or eight teams I saw over the weekend with their backup quarterback, and they're still running their offense, and you can't really tell the difference. And to me, that's a little disturbing right now. 
Well, Scooter, the one thing that I think we we all knew coming into the year is that quarterback was where you had no depth. Uh, you know, I think that they have depth at other places. Quarterback is not where you had depth, and you know it's because you've got Clayton Welch and Rex Kopech. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll I'll throw this into the mix, guys. Chance Amy, Chance did Amy. I, I think out. the the coaches really like Chance Amy a lot. Um, and you know he decided to transfer. He he saw that his opportunity to play here was closing, and that it would come down to either you know an injury or 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 something. Um, and and he wouldn't get a chance to play most likely. And so and and he left. But I, I think that the coaches were, were really high on him. They liked him a lot. And unfortunately, they couldn't keep him because only one quarterback could play at a time. And and they went with Devito, and and he was the heir apparent, and he's going to be here for for three more years. So um, I think that that is a big reason why they they lack depth at the quarterback position. But would you would you recruit a guy that runs first pass second? I don't care who you are in the country. I mean, a guy from Morrisville might be able to throw the ball better than, than this guy. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that why would you recruit a guy knowing that he actually runs he actually runs better than throws? Well, and and again, I, I think that might be a little bit of a misconception with. Um, Welch. With, with Welch. Welch, sorry, I was I was thinking Chance Amy with Clayton Welch. It, I don't know if I would consider him a a run first quarterback. I mean, he certainly provided that element last week, and and you know he showed that he was able to improvise. Um, I, I don't know. Would you consider him a a a running quarterback? I think he's just not as good as Tommy DeVito is, in my opinion. And, and I understand where you're coming from, Scooter. That it's it's a shame that. You know they've got depth across the board at a lot of positions, but not at offensive line and not at quarterback, and we're seeing those weaknesses right now. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know as if I would necessarily consider Clayton Welch a running quarterback. I think he has that ability; he's athletic, and and I think that he he showed that last week. Um, but I don't know if he's necessarily a run first guy. Just I, I don't think he's a he's a very efficient passer at this point. Is it a cop out to say I feel like I haven't seen any of him? And I like we we've seen like I, I, we've seen maybe a half of football from him, and I I don't really know what he is. I guess I mean, my point is that that's not that's not the scouting report as I understand it about Clayton Welch that he's this that he's a running quarterback. I didn't think that was the scouting report either. I'm on board with that. I I did not think that he was simply a a running quarterback. Uh, that being said, he it doesn't look like he can make some of the throws that right. are necessary in the half of football that we've seen of him. Yeah, when you see him, you know, bounce the, you know, the out route, uh, you know, an eight-yard out pattern, and he, you know, he, he bounces it three yards in front of the receiver. That's not a great sign. Uh, Tommy DeVito is the better quarterback, and Dino Baber said that that you know Tommy he knows who the better quarterback is. And listen, if he's healthy, he's going to play. If he's not healthy, um, you know, and they may put Welch in there as a little change of pace and, and try to mix things up. Um, it, he's obviously more willing to escape the pocket and run than than Tommy DeVito looks to be at this point. Um, and theoretically, he was healthy, and Tommy DeVito last week did not look healthy. No. Um, now they're both banged up, and so I, I expect we're going to see both tonight. I think they'll, you know, if, if DeVito's healthy, I think they'll find ways to work Welch in because he did provide a spark last week, but I, I don't, again, I don't know as if I would consider him a running quarterback. Uh, Tommy joins us now with uh, with his over-unders. What do you have for us today, Tommy? It's almost like Scooter saw my over-unders because that was a great jumping-off point for what I have prepared. My first one was going to be over-under 9.5 snaps with Clayton Welch on the field for the Orange. We saw some run packages for him last week. Obviously, he had to go in because of the injury. All right, so if Tommy DeVito is healthy, that number is very high. I, I, I Two two plays per quarter? Yeah, I think, think that's... It's high. I, I understand that'd be under, but give or take two plays per quarter, I don't think that's crazy to think that that could be a possibility. 
Uh, I'll say it this way. I think that if you're running Clayton Welch two plays per quarter and Tommy DeVito is healthy and you feel like he's healthy enough to go, I think that's a mistake. I think I think nine the way to keep him healthy. I though. think nine and a half is a mistake. I, I I'm gonna go under. I think the only way it goes over is if Tommy is is injured or if the game's a blowout. I think that they're playing coy with Tommy, and it's confusing. It's a change um, of pace. It's a way to get the running game going, and it's a way to keep Tommy DeVito healthy while also getting production for Clayton Welch. And, and you're also showing your hand every time he hits the field because he can't make the throws that you well, need no, him to I make. Mean, he, he played a half of football He's, last he, week where he threw the ball. He, he had the he second made, longest play in he made Syracuse one, football history. He made one throw. He made one throw in that game. Oh, I That's mean, it. Okay. That's it. So he proved that he can throw the football. At least. What? That, he, that he's a threat to throw the football. Because if he, he goes threw, on the field, he's not because, going to run on, it every single time. Because he successfully threw a deep ball, but he bounced four screens. He proved he can throw the football. Like I, th- I think that when you, you it wasn't put a wildcat offense where the running back goes to on the field. Point, he's going to just run the ball. To Tommy's point, if he middle. if he comes in the game, I, I don't think he's necessarily running the ball every time. No, no. but if he, but to no, Seth's no, no. point, but if he, he comes, in, he struggles to make no, all the throws. No, but Steve, if he comes in the game be, with Tommy DeVito healthy, if he just comes in mid drive on second and three or second and four. It's because they want to run the ball with him. They're not putting him in as a as a change up guy to Tommy DeVito and having him throw the ball. First couple of times it's to run it, and then he, and they run a trick play where then he throws it and they call again. Catch him off guard. You know, and you just said it a moment ago, Seth. You said we haven't seen enough of him. I, I don't know is if I feel comfortable saying, well, if Clayton Welch comes in, they're clearly going to run the ball because again, I don't think that's necessarily the book on him. Last week he he provided a spark in that. Situation. It did become the book on him, though. Well, last but, week. but but Penn but had nine how, sacks last week. Based on they, how they, they needed used... someone that was more willing to escape the pocket. Right. He is clearly more willing to escape the pocket. But I don't look at him as a run first quarterback. And I they may this... they hang on. They may put him in tomorrow. Everybody thinking, oh well, he's in, so he's going to run because of what we saw last week. It it may be a decoy to right. actually throw the ball. So that's what I was going to say. I don't necessarily think that he's a run first or a run only quarterback either. However, based on how they used him last week before Tommy DeVito left the game for good, it was it was using him as a run quarterback. Yes, but again, it was it was given the circumstances that they were under duress literally every play. And we know that that is pitch strength, getting to the quarterback. They were tied for second in the country going into that game in sacks. Florida State is not. Florida State has two sacks in the last three games. Florida State, two. Florida State is, is not known for getting after the quarterback. So I, I think it was one of those circumstantial things that it was... You know, NC State, DeVito was sacked eight times. Pittsburgh had nine sacks a week ago. They were literally under duress every play. And Welch is, I don't want to say more athletic, because Tommy's an athletic quarterback. He's just not as willing to escape, and, and he, he seems to be uncomfortable scrambling He's right now. He's better than Tommy DeVito so is. I think that was more of it than, well, you have one running quarterback and one passing quarterback. I don't think that's the case. I think it's, he's a little more willing to escape the pocket and try and run. So, I, I'm not convinced that if he comes in the game tomorrow, Clayton Welch is going to throw a few passes and 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 try to take advantage of the fact that maybe the opponent thinks he's just a running quarterback. Um, but I think nine and a half snaps for him is a lot tomorrow if Devito is healthy. So I, again, I'm going to go under. So you believe that the Clayton Welch package that was clearly installed last week was installed knowing that Pittsburgh was going to get after Tommy Devito because of their good defensive line? 
I, I don't know if it was a certain or package it, or if it was, well, you no, know it what? Was. We, it well, was, it was a certain. Like, it, it was he, an adjustment made to we got to do something because but he came in early in the game before like Devito no, was like he. It was a package that they had installed that I'll, that week I'll to go try back, to uh, I'll change go ba- pace. I'll go back to what I said before. If Tommy Devito is healthy and Clayton Welch is playing ten snaps in this game, I think it's a mistake for a number of reasons. I think that Tommy Devito uh, is the better quarterback. I think he's shown that he's the better quarterback, even with all the struggles he's had this year, and. Uh, much like what Allison Posey said about Alex Hornibrook versus James Blackman, you have Tommy DeVito for more than just this season. Clayton Welch, you don't necessarily have for for more than just this year. And I I think that that is something that you have to consider. (laughs) Tommy DeVito is your quarterback now. Tommy DeVito is your quarterback next year. And and Syracuse coaching staff is hoping that he's your quarterback two years from now. So you've got to let him take his lumps now so that if you have a better offensive line next year, He's better, too. Completely agree with you, Seth. And, and Tommy, I'm not saying that they didn't see something on film and say, you know what, we're going to use Clayton Welch this week. I, I think they absolutely did it. My, my point is, is I don't know if it, it was this special package to beat Pittsburgh or it was just, you know what, the writing's on the wall. The offensive line stinks. Tommy DeVito, when he's under pressure, he doesn't make plays. We need to do something to loosen up the defense. Pitt is going to come after us every play. And if DeVito doesn't do well with it, again, it's not like they put him in on the first drive. He had already been sacked five times. So it's one of those things where, okay, we got to do something to loosen up the defense here. That's what they chose to do. It worked to some degree, and and we may see it again. I, I think we will see both quarterbacks tomorrow. I just think I think, you know, 10 snaps or, you know, double-digit snaps for Clayton Welch if Tommy DeVito is healthy, to me it just seems, it seems high because of what Seth said that, you know, Tommy DeVito is your quarterback. Like, you're you're going to war with him, and, and he's your guy for the next two and a half years unless he's beaten out. And he's certainly not going to get beaten out by Clayton Welch because he's not going to be here. Why can't he also be your quarterback while also having a package that gets him off the field to stay healthier? That, that's ideally, fine. That's fine. And also having a change. It's like having a change of pace running back. Right. And again, like you can I'm have not, a starting I, running back. I think that you we'll see it. Also having a guy I, that changes things up. I absolutely think we'll see it. Okay. But based on what we saw last week against Pittsburgh, I don't know as if you want him. How many plays are they going to run? 70 plays? 10 plays? I mean, do you want one-seventh of the plays that you run in the game belonging to Clayton okay. Welch? I, I don't know. I just, no, to me, that, that, seem, that seems like a lot to me. So what is the, how many do you think we see then? I think, I think we see like five? Four, yeah, four or five plays. I was going to say four or five. Okay. We'll move on to, obviously, the Syracuse offensive line stinks. Florida State offensive line, not so good either. 15, over under 15 combined sacks between the two teams. Again, we've seen Florida State has had trouble getting after the quarterback in recent weeks. Um, Holy Cross didn't have trouble getting to the quarterback against Syracuse. That's true. Uh, 15 seems like a lot because you're talking about you know 8 for one team, 7 for the other. Um, but can't you picture against a bad offensive line, the Syracuse defensive line going and racking up just a ton of sacks? Well, the other, the other thing is Florida State, Florida State. Florida State's got a pretty good running back in Cam Akers, and you're not sacking the they quarterback. Do. Back if you if you're handing off the Cam Akers 30, 35 times, um, and and the Syracuse defense that's one of their weaknesses is stopping the run. I, I'm going to go under on that as well. Um, I don't think Syracuse is getting above five sacks. Let's put it that way. Um, and, and maybe that that's about what Florida State would be at. You know, we might still about... get the over with Syracuse only having five combined <laughs> five going, sacks. God, I'm let's going, hope not. I'm going under on this too, just because that's an insane number. That 
that's a lot of sacks. And I know both teams' offensive lines are terrible. So what, Right. So what would you have had the number at? I, 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 I don't know. Say, it sounds I'm gonna, high, but with these no, no that's offensive lines, I'll put I don't it around, know if it's crazy. I, I'd put it around 10 or 11. because yeah, I, you I'd know, knock I could it down see, a couple. I could see I could both see 11, around a handful. I could see 11 sacks in this game. I, I could see a handful. I think 15 is a little high. Okay. Uh, the last. Uh, actually, we got two more here. Usually, the running back is the, the, the mark for them, the achievement for them is 100 yards. I'm dropping it down about half to half that. The achievement for Syracuse right now is if a running back can run for 50 yards. We saw Monia. The last time I did it was Western Michigan. He ran for 123, so he clearly outdid that. But he's they've ran for he's been the leading rusher. They've ran for 40, 30 yards against the last couple of teams. Will we see a rusher, a, a running back for Syracuse run over 50 yards in this game? Clayton Welsh was the leading rusher last game, by the way. I, I think this is your best question so far. I think 50 is a good number. Thanks. Um, I will say... Does that say more about this question or the no, other yeah, question? No, that was absolutely a backhanded <laughs> Tommy, compliment there. Tommy Thank you, Steve. Been, I will say this. Tommy's been spot on with his numbers. I think I think he's a little off. But I think you guys watch, are a watch. little off. Watch, we'll, right. we'll, we'll exactly. be wrong. There'll be like 35 Clay, sacks. Clay Walsh will play like the whole second quarter. <laughs> yeah. and then, right, There'll be 20 sacks in the it game. It won't just be the um, package. You'll get a full quarter. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, that could only be eight plays. I mean, who knows? I think 50 is a good number. I'll say over just because they may want to protect their, their injured quarterbacks to some degree, obviously, um, just by quantity, they hit the over. Quantity I, you know, of rushes. I, they they need to have some semblance of a running game to succeed, and it's on the road, tough environment. Um, they they may want to try to establish the run. I, I'll say they go. You know, Mo Neal goes like just over fifty. I'll say yes. I will go under, and I will back this up with numbers. Syracuse running backs have gone over fifty yards two times this season. Western Michigan and Holy Cross. Uh, Liberty, Mo Neal went for 89 yards, and Western Michigan, uh, Mo Neal went for 123 yards. Yeah, so they didn't even rush for over 50 yards That's against it. Holy Cross. Charvey and Howard's season high is 32. Abdul Adams' high is 49. Syracuse running backs have gone over 50 yards twice you know this what? season. This brings up an interesting point. Did, did you catch it yesterday when we were talking to Anthony Becht? When he threw the name Jawar Jordan in there, and I yes. meant, I meant to follow up on that, yes, and I and I, it, it we kind of got off topic, and I forgot to go back to that. Obviously, that's really interesting. The announcers talk to the coaches, and where would why would he come up with Jawar Jordan's name unless it was mentioned to him? So yep. again, my conspiracy theory is we may wow. see Jawar Jordan How about tomorrow. This? Done, Steve. How about this, Jawar Jordan? Uh, well, actually, I don't know that this is necessarily true. He's played one game offensively this year. I know he's played special teams as well. He's played one game offensively this year. Um, I'll have to check the special team snaps, but you wonder about potential uh, many, redshirting right, and things like that. Potentially redshirting. All right, I tell you what, we got to take a timeout. We'll have a quick segment. Don't go anywhere, uh, Tommy. We'll wrap up hour number one with our last question or two in this segment. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. All right, we got to make this a quick segment because we got Adrian Autry set to join us here in a few minutes uh, as we talk some SU basketball. First exhibition game tomorrow night against Damon, uh, 7 o'clock inside the Dome. So we looked during the break. Jawar Jordan has participated in one game. He played in the Holy Cross game. So theoretically, if they're still trying to preserve his red shirt, he's got three more games left um, that he could that he could play in. I, I just found it strange that Anthony Beck brought up his name yesterday during our interview. The fourth string running back who's a true freshman who's taken two offensive snaps this year is not somebody that is typically known. Uh, no, again, nothing against 
the national analyst, but I don't know that that's normally a name that is known by the national analyst. So there you go. Our conspiracy theory is we may see Jawar Jordan tomorrow. I think so. If we're reading between the lines correctly. I don't know. Maybe he just brought it up because, you know, Mo Neal and Abdul Adams maybe haven't been getting it done. Yeah, maybe it was just like, well, maybe Jawar Jordan can provide him a spark. I don't right. know. Um, the but, orange jam with two two J's. Uh, uh, just give it up, Tommy. What do you mean? Just give it up. Uh, speaking you, of speaking of jam, uh, man, where's Jarvie and Howard been? Well, they, they haven't run the ball they, at all. Are you are you going to give no, the limited? Car- him, but are you yeah. going to give the limited carries to your? He your should number give a lot three more running carries back. Why? They run the ball up the middle. He's your strongest. Like he's your best between the tackles running back, in my opinion. I guess who cares about my opinion? But he's the one who I think, <laughs> I like in the way that they run the ball, that he should be the one that gets more carries. At least you have an opinion. Credit on this. to me for for admitting that. Yes. Um, give, give us our your Very last one because we've got to get on to, to Adrian. Autry. It's just the line over under sixty points. Ooh, is that the actual line? According to ESPN, that is the points. Interesting, because I gave uh, I gave my prediction on TV the other day, and I said Florida State thirty four, Syracuse seventeen, which would put it no, at uh, that's not that would put it at fifty one. Yeah, that's not doing it. What do you mean? I thought he said sixty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I was thinking fifty. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going under. And that. Al- Allison Posey gave thirty four, twenty four. Also not doing it. All right. All right. I I'm had, going, I had fifty I'm going in my under. mind. I'm yeah. going under. I'm going under too. I would also take the under I'm here. concerned about SU's offense, frankly. I mean, Florida State might put up a lot of points in this game. I, I just think this is a bad spot for Syracuse. Um, I, I'm concerned about whether or not they can get to 20 on the road with that offensive line with two banged-up quarterbacks. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Bad under. juju heading into this one? I, I, you don't I like it? Do, I don't bad have vibes? Good, I don't have a good feeling about this tomorrow. I agree with you. All right, got to take a timeout. Adrian Autry joins us next.